Well, 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 Graham Potter finally won a game. But Chelsea still hasn't scored more than one goal in a game. I don't know how the fan base is feeling, but for me this changes nothing, just for now. I mean, I was quite happy to see the change in formation because he's been trying to play 4-2-3-1 that he isn't really renowned for. Uh, one felt he's trying to play it because of the personnel. But then again, I think he played 3-4-3 for personnel as well, particularly the the injury to Thiago Silva. I don't know what's happening with Chris James. I think he's probably injured as well, but we know for sure that Thiago Silva is injured. We saw a background of Padilla Chile, Wesley Fafana and Kalidou Koulibaly, midfield of Kovacic and Enzo, with Ruben and Ben Chilwell as the wing-backs. Front line of Kai Havertz, uh, Raheem Sterling and Yao Felix. I was very happy with the front line except Kai Havertz because he needs to be swapped for someone else just to see something different and that someone else obviously that drove for fun they tried him I didn't think he was given enough of a chance but then again you could put in Aubameyang as well see what you can get but basically what I'm saying is there there still needs to be a lot of work to be done for Chelsea. I don't think, for me, I don't consider the win against Leeds, especially with a header from Fofana as a win. Um, sure, they've been creating chances for the last three game weeks. Chelsea has been creating a lot of chances. But then again, they're still not playing like a team that wants to beat Borussia Dortmund and advance to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Because, I mean, that's the only realistic goals they can have right now. Other than that, I saw something very interesting with Kovacic and Enzo. And it's a negative thing where you see both players who are box-to-box. Obviously, they're in a, a double pivot midfield. When they are on the ball, neither one of them wants to advance to a higher position and receive the ball from further up the pitch. It's it's like they're on a straight line and when Enzo has the ball, Matteo doesn't advance, you know, a bit higher so he can receive the ball on the other side of the pitch. He he retreats into his own half so he can receive the ball from a position that's further back. And obviously we're trying to go forward. So as a result now, there's stagnation in moving the ball forward, which is primarily what Chelsea struggle with. I, I, I'll keep saying this every week. They struggle to move the ball forward. Even when they move the ball forward, they struggle to move it forward in a, in a timely way that allows the, the, the op- opponents not to settle. You know, because you want to catch your opponents uh, outside of their rhythm and formation and structure that way you're able to cause more problems. I felt like in the first half, Joe Felix was in and out of the game. So I don't think the position he was deployed in uh, on the winger is ideal for him. I think he 
he probably enjoys playing in 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 the middle of the park because when he was playing in that ten role behind the, behind Kai Havertz in the four two three one, he was very involved and he could you know orchestrate many passes, just find pockets of passes and shots and all of those things. But yeah, um, I find I found him not to. I found him to be drifting in and out of the match, you know. I even forgot at some point that he's playing. Um, but yeah, I think for Enzo at this moment, it's just a matter of understanding his role. Because I don't think his role is clear, let's be honest. And it's not his fault. I I don't think it's Potter's fault as well because he plays. Enzo plays with Zakaria, he plays with Kovacic, he plays with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, he plays with Gallagher. And all those players have different qualities and Enzo has to constantly adapt to their qualities because in the double pivot for for it to work you have to see what your partner is good and bad at and then play to those uh, strengths and weaknesses I have given up on Kai Havertz being a goal scorer for us Um, I don't think he's going to be a goal scorer he has this soft element in him where He's one-on-one with the keeper. He'll always try to chip the ball over the keeper. Always. Consistently. And either he does that or his shot at goal is a weak attempt. It's just weak. It has no venom in it. No power. Nothing. So, I don't... I think... Basically, I've been seeing this for a while. I think he needs a mentality coach. He needs someone to tell him to toughen up. Someone to just tell him to get that dog that's in him out because i mean i think he has that dog because he likes fighting quite a lot so you see that there's a bit of passion in him but he likes headbutting players and you know rubbing heads with them in in, in those mini fights that players usually have but the way he plays when he the way he kills himself he kills himself as a a player that's just soft you know elegance no roughness no grit no intensity about him you know, because I believe such a talent, if such a talent can have a level, of, a certain level of intensity, he could be potent. He just needs intensity and um, a shift in mindset. Ben Chilwell, I've, I've, I have mixed feelings about Ben Chilwell, but I have no doubt that he belongs in our squad. So I won't really say much about Ben Chilwell in that regard. He belongs at Chelsea Football Club. He belongs as in the starting position. It's so amazing not seeing Cucurella. It's so amazing not seeing him. I don't hate players per se, but if players are not playing well, they should be benched and for them to figure out stuff that's not working and then make it work. Mason Mount, I'm so happy he's not in the starting lineup. I'm, I'm just happy Les Mount is better at this point. Um, Badia Shile, ah, I love him. I have a crush on him, a major crush on Badia Shile. He's, he's so beautiful, man. He's so beautiful, he's so calm, composed. Wesley Fofana, beautiful, calm, composed. Kalidu Kulebali still gives me a headache. I, uh, like, now it's so easy for me to spot where he's doing mistakes. It's so easy for me to spot when he's out of possession. Luckily, he's playing with two centre-backs that are quite calm and quite fast, so they're able to cover up for him. But to his credit, Kalidou uh, Koulibaly, he's the only defender in the back three that we had today that was willing to find those long passes. I'm not a fan of, the, of them, but 
he was making accurate long passes and dangerous ones behind the line so i have to give him credit for that it's a tactic i don't agree with but if it executed well then there's nothing much i can do us complain about so yeah that's pretty much chelsea how they played let's um Leeds United rather they're still a mess I don't understand what they're trying to do um, but I, I like their young players Crescentio Somerville amazing player I think he's still raw there's room for improvement in in in, in, in what he's trying to do he's, um, he's sort of like Nonimaduake when you when you think about it they're just these wingers that are just quick shifty and like dribbling a lot and Yeah, Crescentio Somerville, I see big things for him, provided obviously that he keeps improving. Brendan Aronson, I feel like he's stagnating. I saw, I like the performance of um, Tyler Adams, the, the USA captain. I liked his performance. He was solid against Enzo Fernandez. I wouldn't say either of them dominated the other, but they had some nice physical battles in there. But Leeds have sort of lost their identity tactically um obviously it was meant to happen with the departure of vlsa but now i think they've we've known them as that team that you know how they're going to play they have a certain culture and style about them even if they lose but now i don't see any of that i just see some other premier league team They, they sort of feel like Bentley. They feel like Bentley of old. You know, obviously now it's, it's a new era in Bentley. But do you remember when Bentley was in the Premier League? Leeds feel like that. That team that you wouldn't miss if they were not there. They, they, they don't give you anything special. Or they don't have that spark in them. So yeah, um, I don't think I really went behind the scoreline. Because to be honest, most of the chances were Chelsea chances. They were... Poor chances by my estimate. Somewhere okay, but uh, the the Kaiwe's chance was a really good chance. Uh, but he bottled it, and then Yao Felix hit the post. So there's not really much to talk about except what's happening outside the pitch, which is Chelsea players in particular trying to find their feet and the manager as well. I don't think Kaiwe Potter um, should be sacked. I don't think it's going to be sacked. Um, it's going to be a process, a painful one. It, it seems uh, by now if you've been listening to the episode you know I have a problem with Potter for two reasons one his his low inclination to change two change by change I mean just if a player is not playing well take him take them out put someone else number two his substitutions I don't like his substitutions uh, I don't like his substitutions at all um, even the way he The, the time he does them I just think as far as substitutions are concerned he gets it all wrong that's just what I think um, but yeah bringing Wesley Fofana was a stroke of genius on his part but then again Fofana is a quality player that are signed for a lot of money so he has to feature in and yeah we need to give props to Keba Rizabalaga the work he's been doing at Chelsea quietly so has been fantastic he's been one of our our saviors alongside Thiago Silva because Kepa makes fantastic saves every week one might say that's what he's supposed to do but we know that in the past we have been complaining about him quite a lot so we need to give praise when he's doing good things as well so yeah um, 
there's not really much to say as far as Chelsea is concerned but looking forward to the fixture against Dortmund I hope Chris James will be back um, yeah looking forward to seeing the the shift in tactics I don't think they should particularly change tactics from the first Dortmund game because we had a lot of chances we just couldn't create we, we just couldn't convert and obviously Gregory Cobell was amazing um, and Embry Chan cleared the ball of uh, one of the balls off the line so yeah I mean we won results but again we have to put context to things and just not say all is bad when all is not bad but yeah um, thank you for listening to this episode cheers if you enjoyed this episode Please consider subscribing or following the podcast on whichever platform you're listening from. And please tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to Behind the Scoreline. Or better yet, just send them the link to this episode. Thank you.